I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings Dude, that's pretty oh, cool. Man, that is really, that is really sad. Sad. Wow. <laughs> Dude, that's pretty good. This is Big Lane, bringing you weekly interviews with F3 Omaha packs, exploring their F3 experiences, and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in the gloom. Uh, so today we got an exciting one. Uh, this guy came in on a, on his hoverboard uh, today. Uh, he was a recent PsyQ at uh, the district. Uh, and one of my favorite uh, memories was uh, how he convinced, um, I think the most number of guys we had to show up to a, a book study uh, called Every Man's Battle. Um, and I, I was just amazed at his leadership there. But we've got, uh, oh, and I forgot, he's also the only other guy in F3 Omaha, um, where we enunciate the the I in his name during name Rama. So, you know, Biff and, and Biff. So we've got Biff on the call today. Biff, um, it's good to see you, man. I, you know, where we tend to start off is just, how'd you get your name? What was the first workout like? Uh, who EH'd you? That sort of stuff. So if, if you don't mind, share uh, your experience there. Right, yeah. Thanks for having me. No, I, uh, I'm a regular Gloom uh, podcast listener. I might be a couple episodes behind right now, but uh, I've caught the majority of them. Uh, it's a good, it's a good, uh, good listen. Always good to hear everybody's stories and how they, how they uh, showed up, and then what keeps them there, and you know, all of the above. Everybody's story is so unique. Uh, so let's see. We'll start with I guess I'm Sean Howell Biff. Uh, just. Uh, to get started, uh, EH. Uh, so that's, I think it's interesting. Um, Merch gets the EH credit and he'll say that it's it's all him. But <laughs> the reality in my mind is that my sister EH'd me. So Merch worked with my sister at UNMC and she had heard about it, I think not just from him, but from wait time, uh, they crossed paths. She crossed paths with Selick. Um, and so she actually told me about it first and said she'd heard about this workout group. And I had been working out very regularly and had get, started getting into running. And so uh, this would have been January, February of 2020. Uh, said, hey, uh, well, David would be reaching out to me to, you know, talk to me about it. So he, he messaged me and uh, probably, I, I was pretty much ready to go, like thinking, oh, this sounds fun. I'm, I'm running. Uh, he first uh, introduced me or brought up Paradise. And like, oh, this sounds like something that I could do. I could get some running in during the week. And so after about a month of work getting in the way, I show up at Paradise and probably the end of, I don't remember the exact date, end of February, 2020. And Tater is on the queue. And so we, we proceed to do what I was told in the middle of the workout was not at all a typical paradise workout. Like it was not the route around the lake. We went up, uh, 
up in the Regency neighborhood and did some, uh, maybe I think it was like a mini grinder in the park, ran around the park and then took some, <laughs> took a shortcut, air quotes, back <laughs> down, back down to the, to the mall, uh, cutting through some of the neighborhood, which I have, I've introduced people to that route a couple of times because there's, there's a few routes, a few kind of hidden stairs and hidden paths to get up through the neighborhood. So that was, that was the EH uh, first workout uh, name. Uh, so we get to name Arama and, uh, you know, I try to lead with some things like, uh, I'm a Christian, I'm a family man. And then somebody asks what I do for work. And so I say, I'm an electrical engineer. Uh, and I don't know who yelled it, but somebody just immediately yelled out 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> um, and so after that, it just, the naming just spiraled down the back to the future rabbit hole. And there was already a McFly. There was already a Doc Brown. And so after somebody, somebody said Biff and finally a Tater, you know, just cocks his head looks to me and goes, Biff, <laughs> that's like awesome. only he can do. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's, uh, that's where the name came from. Uh, side note on that, I actually really like my name. Not that I like the character per se, but the movie Back to the Future holds a special place uh, for me and my family. Uh, we lived, I grew up in a small town and we lived out in the country, but we had one of those big satellite dishes, eight foot satellite dish. And one year for one year we had, we had HBO and on those big satellite dishes, you had HBO East and HBO West. And so they, they showed the same thing, but targeted for East Coast for West Coast time zones. Uh, so one particular Christmas, we watched the original Back to the Future at least four times. <laughs> nice. Um, like starting in the morning on on East and then going to West. And then by the time that was done, it was back again on East. That's uh, so, awesome. Uh, enjoy all those movies and uh, have seen them all many times. Yeah, I love that. And you do, it is a cool name, I think. Um, and, and you've been able to... Tell me about the the long eye. Uh, what started that? Uh, kind of messing with slow pitch or what? Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Okay. Just uh, slow pitch. It's he didn't always. So I, I look back. You know, I don't know when he started doing that, but he started doing his his long uh, slow pitch. And one day, just for he was cueing and just for giggles, <laughs> I just I just uh, added my name into it into the mix and gave it the long. The long eye on the Biff, and decided I'll, I'll keep doing it whenever he's cueing. Uh, I started doing it when Tater cues as well, yeah. uh, except for the last time. The last time uh, slow pitch cued, I was gassed and completely forgot, and uh, he was left hanging. He was waiting for, waiting for the long drawn out name, and uh, I let him down. So I'll, I'll make it up next time. We one of these times we gotta just all do it the next time EQ is if there <laughs> that, would that that is my goal. I would that would be hilarious. Maybe on his everybody. Yeah. yeah. Everybody uh, do that. So it sounded like you were you were already running, right? Or get you know, 
into fitness before what um was that first workout hard or comparable to what you were doing on your own or how would you describe that from a fitness standpoint from a fitness standpoint it was not super difficult um the first workout and i will i will preface that like i had been running um i had gotten into some running shape in the fall to do so the same sister that um, merch knew she challenged all of her family to run a 5k at thanksgiving and i've never been a, i had never been a runner but i decided i had i had lost some weight uh, mostly weightlifting and dieting that well maybe i'll try running so i did a couch to 5k program um and we get to thanksgiving and that that 5k was actually more like a four mile run but it you know i did it okay and it, uh, beat the time that I expected. Uh, so then she's like, why don't you do the early bird run? So the early bird is a 10 mile run, which is in April, early April. So I had started training for that probably in January. So it wasn't uncommon to run three, four, five miles by the time I got to that first paradise workout. I will say the workout the next week was one uh, Sir Plague leading who took us on Burpee Island. <laughs> and the burpees ratcheted up the workout um, to an area that I had not been prepared for. Yeah, The running, running wasn't a problem, but uh, I had not done burpees. I, I'm pretty sure that was a 120 burpee day. Yeah. Every stop was 20 plus burpees. Yeah. Yeah, those are fun. I, you know, they they haven't asked me back. I don't know. Icy Hot hasn't asked me to do. I don't know why. But no, yeah. yeah. What? Um, well, that's so that's good, right? I mean, I think you know. So initially, you weren't intimidated, intimidated, or kind of you know, um, yeah, drawn back from the you know fitness aspect, which it, which I think is great. So so then you kept coming back. Did you anything notice anything just different about this group of guys than maybe other other groups or other men you had? Uh, encountered up to this point so yes in that it was really consistent so that first first month i really just went to paradise i went every wednesday because i had been consistently going to the gym i would go in the mornings and lift weights and had started like i said doing doing running and so paradise fit that mold well what happens in March of 2020, uh, I, I don't think I went to any workout besides Paradise for that four weeks. And then I was at Paradise on March 17th or March 18th, March 18th. It was my wife's birthday and it was Roadhouse's VQ. Oh. And uh, it's one of the most memorable workouts I've ever had for multiple reasons. I've heard other people on the, on the gloom here talk about how emotional it was for him i was oblivious to that like i mean i knew stuff was changing um covid was starting to do some things and i was probably going to have to start working from home but i didn't i didn't know at that time that that was the last f3 workout in omaha for a couple months mm -hmm. uh, but the beatdown itself was completely memorable because it was raining the whole time no. we did turkish get-ups and puddles up in the 
um, up at the park in Regency, we ended by doing Mary in the middle of the street while water is just pouring down the road. I mean, just running over my shoulders. Um, everybody was just completely soaked. And so that was, that was a very, that was a fun, very memorable workout. Uh, see where were we where are we going with that no you're good I yeah I you know it's it's interesting right because I think you know you come into this group and you see the the relationships that the guys have some people have commented like it seems like we're you know there's like a lot of us are best friends right but it, ultimately we're, we work out in the mornings and and we mm -hmm. support each other we got each other's backs and um you know we're out there mm -hmm. in the gloom but you know, I think I've heard a few guys say, you know, they came in and they just the COTs or, you know, vulnerability, some of the things that they heard from, from guys struck them as like, you know, there's something different here in this group. Um, you know, and a lot of times, hopefully that leads to some second app opportunities where you get to spend time, you know, sharing your story and get to know other guys and maybe eventually form a, a shield lock. But with, with the pandemic hitting so close to when you started, were you able to, I know there were kind of some maybe underground uh, workouts or just some smaller groups getting together? Were you able to connect with any guys there during, throughout the pandemic and just stay in touch or what was your experience? Yeah. So let me roll back just a little bit. Um, I got myself sidetracked. I, well, my whole story is that I've been very, very heavy in my past. Like I lost 130 pounds or so multiple times in my life, actually. Uh, this is the longest I've kept it off. But when I really started on, on this last train of, of losing weight, and it was because I was working out, I had, I got to the realization that the only time that I have for me or for working out is in the morning. So I had to, I had to breach that gap first. And so I uh, partnered with a guy here at work and another friend of ours to kind of start meeting up and lifting weights in the morning. He already was established as far as lifting weights. Mornings were a little tougher for him. And so just that accountability, like we, to be honest, if, if uh, he listens to it, uh, Nickelback, uh, he, he only would show up like twice a week. But that was enough for me to show up five days a week. Mm. Just knowing that uh, he or, or uh, fish oil might be there, that uh, I, I went there and whether they made it that day or not, I got a workout in. And so I guess that probably cemented that I need that shared accountability, even if it's not every day, it's consistent. So I. I really did appreciate that part of F3 that whether somebody is, somebody's going to be there and you get a workout and you get the second F with a little bit of the social. And so I did enjoy that right away. Now, pandemic time, I just started, so I didn't have really any other connections uh, in the group uh, except for merch. And we happen to live two doors apart. And so Merch and I got into a pretty decent routine of working out probably three days a week. Uh, he introduced me to doing the Murph. So my first 
two months of Murph was using the playset in his backyard. Nice. Uh, and but that did that really was what cemented it for me was that continued workout, getting on Slack, seeing the on your own but not alone workouts posted. So I would do those on my own. Obviously, the gym's closed, and so there was no going there. Mm. And I, I never went back to the gym, uh, maybe less than a handful of times in the year plus that I still maintained my membership before I canceled it. Nice. Well, and I, I guess I didn't realize that about your story, just the multiple attempts of kind of the Pogo 40 example from, from mm -hmm. free feed. Um, so that's pretty impressive and, and kudos for uh, sticking with it. You know, I think, you know, and I don't know if you have read free to lead or got to do Q source or maybe did queen service or not, but I, I think, um, I don't know, I would be curious your, your thoughts on any of those resources. Cause I think a lot of guys have found some of those tools helpful too is, is second F vehicles, but did you, have you read those books or got, did you get to do a queen service challenge at all? Yep. All the above. I have participated in all of them. Read, read free to lead and definitely um, connected with the Pogo 40. That's been my, my life for 20 plus years. A series of mostly just dieting, losing the weight, and then gaining it back plus some. Mm. Um, I've had a couple of the extreme versions, but maybe more like Pogo 90. Uh, so, but none of them, they were always single track in that I was either working out or watching my diet. Mm. And it wasn't until I did combine the two that I've lost it and I mean, for the most part maintained it. I've gained a little bit back, but I'm still well, well below any previous low. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. And I, I think, you know, it's, it's interesting, right? Cause we all need that accountability for different things. And it, it, within the group, you've got opportunities to engage with other guys that are pursuing similar goals. And I, I know, um, I have not participated in queen service, but have just been inspired by the kind of this informal shield lock that's formed by the guys that have done it. And um, I don't know, what, what was that like for you when you participated in, in the challenge? Yeah, it's just another, it's another accountability step. Now I did not join this last time, um, but I like what, I still, I still am on the channel on Slack and I like what they've done where they've actually assigned people to, I don't know, remember what they called them, pods. And so they, they did actually force the accountability a little bit, you know, having groups of two or three guys checking in on each other instead of leaving it up to each of us to do that on our own. So I do, for me, that was probably missing from the previous Queen Service ones where there was the group challenge, but I probably needed a little more uh, personalized um, discussion. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I like what they did there. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a really good idea. I, yeah, it's, it's been cool just to see the different iterations and, and giving guys opportunity to lead um, kind of with their own flavor. I, you know, I think um, something else that I have just always admired about you as I've interacted with you is, and you mentioned kind of at the start, um, 
you know, your faith. And I think that um, is a big part of, of who you are. Uh, I also noticed that you, um, uh, at least from what I have seen, uh, are a really good example of a, of a good husband and a good father. I think I, I see, um, you know, just things that you do with your family. And, and I think that concentrica, you really try to live that out. Um, was the concentrica something that you kind of already had an idea of prioritizing life in that way? Or was that a, <clears throat> a new concept for you or what, what, um, tell me about that. Yeah. Uh, I would say not a new concept, but I feel like I continually have to be reminded and sharpened when it comes to that. So I think that Concentrica model really, really helps to focus it. I'm not the best at writing things down. And if, if I go through that and somebody kind of forces us, it like if it, it was in a, a Q source and everybody said, bring a piece of paper and like, all right, let's draw out the eight block or let's draw the concentrica now, fill it out. I'm much more likely to participate than just reading it and doing that on my own. Um, so, but I don't know, what popped into my head is when we first had kids, so my oldest is now 14, like, and I think this probably happens to a lot of, a lot of parents is, or working parents particularly, you have your first kid and you go back to work and maybe you dropped them off at daycare at 7.30 and you picked them up from daycare at 5.30, 6 o'clock and then you put them to bed at 6 or 7. And then you're like, wait, I only saw this human for like an hour today. <laughs> yeah. And... So that was probably the first inkling of, wow, you have to, you have to be specific. You've got to take some time and prioritize things because life happens pretty quick. And even if you're just working eight to five, that takes up, that takes up most of your day. So how much is left for your kids? How much is left for your wife, uh, et cetera. And I'd say it, it just has changed over the years um, in importance, oh, not, not importance, uh, on just the ups, peaks and valleys on what's happening in life. How active are the kids? How active is uh, the wife's calendar? How active is my calendar? And, you know, each season you go and seasons can be a couple times a year. You try to put what's important first. So for us, for me, I, I really focus on uh, having dinner with the family. We try to do that as often as we can. Mm -hmm. um, uh, what's nice is the kids are old enough now to make dinner. Uh, so most of we got maybe two, two times a week, they make dinner. Uh, I also have always taken the Saturday morning approach in that. So you don't often see me on a Saturday morning because I really like to reserve that as I make breakfast. So I'm the, I'm in charge on Saturday morning and try to have the, if we don't have anything going on, then I'm probably making, making pancakes and eggs for the family. And we're having sit down breakfast on Saturday morning. And uh, this is a time that I, I really enjoy and look forward to. Yeah. I started doing that recently too. And I, I miss posting, but it does, um, 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just creates that space. I, I think my my six year old uh, really looks forward to that, and uh, it's been fun, right? Because at, at her age, I can kind of get her to start helping a little bit, and you know, it's just it's it, it created a space that we didn't have before. It, you know, it's interesting because you you mentioned the like kind of the routine, right? It leaves you with just a few hours a day. Um, mm-hmm. with some of those folks that are kind of at the center of your concentrica. So I, I love, love that idea. I, you know, I, I want to get your thoughts too on, on faith. I mean, I, you know, we, um, I've had the opportunity just to be next to you during several uh, different book studies at um, on either Tuesdays or Thursday mornings and just, just hear your thoughts there. But what's been your, your faith journey just over the last few years? Has F3 enhanced that or, or give you a new perspective. Yeah, F three has enhanced it. My my overall faith journey um, sums up in that I was raised with kind of a split family. My mom took us to an Assemblies of God church. My dad went to a Lutheran church. Um, we went with him on Christmas and Easter, but we we did grow up in a pretty uh, faith based family uh, led by my mom. Uh, fast forward to college and I did college things uh, that were not faith-based and then when we uh, my wife and I got married and we both neither one of us were really fallen Christian faith at the time but we both had um, it was both in our past and both knew that it was important to us So then our oldest daughter was born. My mom wanted her to get baptized. And we said, okay, we'll do that for you. Well, that started us going back to church. And we've been going ever since. And then just going back to church, meeting other Christians, uh, increased, improved our faith. We kind of just kept, um, God kept chipping away at at our hearts. And... um, then our faith has just uh, blossomed since then. Uh, Fast forwarding to F3, I really appreciate the variety of folks. Like on one hand, you wanna be around like-minded people, uh, like-faithed people to build you up. But at the same time, you have to be around um, non-like-minded or like faith people to challenge you mm. um, to because you got to answer some of those tough questions yourself and you may not ask those you, you may not get asked that by someone who has the same faith perspective as you yeah so uh, that definitely has enhanced it uh, our book studies uh, every thursday morning at the battlefield we'll put the plug in there uh, they offer a good space for that too. We have some like faith and like-minded folks, but then we've had some some uh, people challenge and you know ask uh, some tougher questions, and that that provides a good chance to have a discussion. Yeah. When and you had led. Um you know, the every man's battle, right. was kind of yep. your, you know, the idea or the, the book idea was, was yours. And I remember showing up, you know, we had had a, maybe four to five guys, you know, maybe six, mm-hmm. but I feel like I showed up one day 
like the first day of that book study and we had 14 guys or something there and your parents like wait a minute what's going on and, and you know and you start digging into the subject matter of that book and it's um it truly is every man's battle um you know but i think i don't know curious from your perspective how how did that go or what was what are your thoughts on why that had such a a large following or what was your perspective during that time yeah so um this this uh, yeah, the pg rated pg13 yeah. rated sure. uh, but uh i'm okay to talk about talk about it every man i mean if you're not familiar every man's battle is a book about men dealing with pornography uh and lust and everything associated with it and so i've struggled with that throughout my life from being a kid and finding a box of uh, playboys and penthouses and uh, leading to just you know whatever you can find on the internet uh, it's really easy to get uh, but i it was always shameful hmm. uh, i always i would always look at uh, pornography and then i'd be ashamed and then i would um, repent and then i would go do it again the next day and a couple years ago somebody introduced me to the every man's battle book and i i'm a big audiobook guy or at least i was pre-pandemic now i don't go to the gym on my own so i don't have as much time to listen to audiobooks yeah uh so but i listened to it once and was really impressed with it and really it didn't change anything though it didn't change me probably a year or two later i was like all right I, I like what it said i'm gonna read it again or listen to it again and the second time it it stuck like it it got me uh the little ways the little i'll just call them tips and tricks on how to kind of control your mind control you start by controlling your eyes Mm -hmm. control your control your mind a little bit and so once it worked for me um, i've i kind of used some various opportunities to try to share that with others and in, in hopes that it would work for them and that they would at least be able to have that conversation that uh, pornography is uh, a struggle that a lot of men have and it affects their relationships with, I, I can guarantee you, it affects my relationship to this day with my wife, with my family, with my daughters, that I have to be aware at all times of how susceptible I was uh, and to not uh, fall into that trap again. So with the, with the book study, yeah, we had 12 to 14. You know, I think just right away, people found out what it was and they know they know that it's a struggle and mm -hmm. that they're all dealing with it because it's not called some men's battle yeah it is called every man's battle and whether you're fighting that battle or not that's a different story but everybody everybody deals with it we're all visual creatures and there's there is almost no advertising out there that isn't um sexual yeah well I, you know what i i think i like to i mean the the tips and tricks as you call them were just 
practical. Um, and I think the, the, the way the book was written, right, it's, it's not, it's not really complex um, necessarily. I mean, it, you know, and, and I also think um, it just calls a spade a spade, right? It kind of like, hey, this is this is a challenge. So here's some things we're we're gonna do as as men to overcome it. Um, and I think, I don't know, I, I was just really impressed too. And you, you know, when you you open up a safe space for guys to have those conversations, and like you mentioned, you remove the shame, right? And then you create. Essentially, you create power uh, in that, you know, forgiveness and and um, mm -hmm. by helping guys to work through that. So I just I, I remember that was really really cool. I you know we had a lot of really good uh, discussions in that um, in those morning groups. And, you know, I'm kind of curious your thoughts if if we had a a plug or or an infomercial. I don't, I don't know. Do you what, what do you think you would tell guys uh, to get more guys to come out? I don't know if it's because it's at a church. Guys are you know, intimidated by it or I don't know, anything you would offer up to guys to get them to kind of come in and check it out more regularly? Um, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, it's a, it's been an opportunity to really get to know a, a smaller group of guys and it'd be great if there was a few more that would come regularly to open up those discussions. Uh, but this probably all, for me, probably stems a lot from pandemic related as well, in that ever since then, or ever since 2020, I haven't really been part of a men's group, like mm. at my church. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the men's groups like to get together on Saturday mornings, and that's, as I already said, time for my family. And so I kind of started out as that, like, hey, this is an opportunity to have a men's a discussion with other men in a safe space talking about something that uh, i'll probably find interesting uh, regardless of which book we're reading um, knowing that i need to do some self-study uh, and i need encouragement to read mm -hmm. these books yeah. uh, and these are usually some sort of I don't even know if I'd say self-help type of books, but they all have topics that are self-improving yeah. and, and, and self-reflecting. So if you go through it, you are going to come out a better person or you're just going to have a better perspective on somebody else's um, thoughts and discussion. Yeah. So I highly encourage anybody to come out. It is it is early the first time you go you think what i gotta be there at 4 45 but yeah that gives you time gives you time to have your discussion go get a good beat down in have coffee and go to work yeah yeah, yeah i had i had a moment I had a few times where I was going for a, a solo run, you know, not intending to post, and then I would I would show up for the discussion, and then I would go go for the run. And I think um, there are also a few times where, you know, in my mind, I'm like, well, do I show up to a pre-run or do I go to the book study? And you know, I think self-reflecting, it, it's easier to to do more first step, right? It's easier to say, you know what, I'm going to just go run some more. And, and there's some second half opportunities there too. But I was I was never disappointed and, and really never surprised at how much I benefited from the, the discussion when I chose that over a, over a pre-run. Um, and it just shows like how much 
value we we provide to each other you know i think um when my daughter was was born this last november i remember going to a a few uh you know group group discussions and it's kind of like just a place to um share about how i was doing you know and be supported but then also to be encouraged to to you know um prioritize your family right and do some of those yep. things so it, yeah i'm just i've always loved that group and and uh shout out to greek freak you know i think he convinced the church to keep the yep. keep the doors uh un unlocking and uh, all of that for us but you know, I, I want to get your thoughts on um, on leadership because I think um, you've done some really cool things or, uh, at the district uh, from a leadership perspective. But just kind of curious, your your leadership journey, you know, in F three, um, what was that? What was your BQ uh, like? Would love to hear that story. Um, and then just what was your experience as a site Q? What what sort of opportunities or uh, experiences did you have there? Sure. All right. So let's see. VQ was at the district uh, in September of 2020. I hadn't even thought about leading a workout at that time. I had technically been going for, what, seven months? And Greek texted me and I immediately said, yeah, it'd be great because uh, the MRF is the best way to have a VQ. It's the, it's the uh, easy entry. All you got to do is come up with a COT and uh, the opening and you're good to go. And so, I don't know, I've rarely considered myself a leader uh, just from self-reflection and it provided an opportunity to do, to lead that group. Uh, and it's, really such an easy group to lead. Mm -hmm. Everybody is so supportive. You know, we may, back to your comment of people thinking that we're all buddies, we do rag on each other almost regardless, right? Uh, but it's always fun-natured and, you know, uh, with, a, with a light heart. Uh, and so, let's see, after that, I didn't really lead too many times. I, I have, I think, honestly, the next time I led might have been December when I've come up with, I've done it twice, a, uh, a chicken Nick show uh, workout. I yeah. mean, there, there's a number of guys in the, in the packs here that are listeners of, a, of another podcast, competing one. <laughs> it's not really competing. Yeah, same on. It's all, it's all goofy, uh, but... I had got this thing, idea in my head that I'd, I'd do this workout uh, where we'd quote the show and rename exercises. And so I did that one and I've done that a couple of times. We'll see if there's a reprise here in the fall. There, yeah. there should be. Did you ever think the group keeps growing. What's up? Did you ever get them to come out? I know you had tweeted at them one time. We did. No, uh, the, so Nick Baugh, a bunch of the packs know him through Creighton and through other avenues. Uh, they've said he's not coming out. He's, he's in Lincoln. Uh, Matt Schick, he lives out in uh, Charlotte. And he said there's a F3 workout right outside his neighborhood that he has no intention of going to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, yeah, we'll see. Maybe they'll come out sometime, uh, but uh, not anytime soon. But they, 
when we did when we did the workout last fall, we posted the name Arama and copied them, and then the name Arama was in their show the next week nice. because of the because of the names and quotes that we said. So it's it was kind of fun. Yeah, it was enjoyable. What about the the site Q role? Site Q, site Q there at the district. Let's see. So that then gets to be about probably March or April of last year. Uh, Greek Freak and Chicklets just talked and asked if Merch and I would do it uh, to be site cues at the district um, for two reasons. The district has a strict two site cues required <laughs> per, per year uh, because it's it's the toughest MRF and so right. that requires two site cues. Yeah. Uh, and second, through that pandemic, or through the again through the pandemic, you know, Merch and I became friends at that time. Like we knew each other as acquaintances and as neighbors, but uh, we became friends by working out. We rode with each other. We carpooled like every day for that first probably six months, even after we came back. And so, I don't know, we were like a, a two-for-one combo. And so they just thought that it would be a good match. And, and I, we completely agreed. Like, we're not, neither one of us, we don't live in the district, uh, but we're neighbors and, and friends. And so it was a really good match. Uh, you know, the district, it, the workouts lead themselves. Yeah. And so... You don't have too much there, you know, trying to keep everybody uh, on the schedule, uh, partnering up for the, the events. You do have uh, Labor Day, Memorial Day events every, every year with triple MRFs. And then just encouraging people. We, I got a number of VQs that first, probably the first couple months, and they definitely slow up over the winter. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, kind of use that platform to introduce a number of folks to F3 and to uh, trying to break down the MRF barrier that some people have. Yeah. I, I've been doing the MRF now for two, two and a half years, and I still can't do more than three pull-ups. It's just probably not something that I can, I can uh, get to. What, uh, what do you think the barrier is? Is it just intimidation or what do you think that I, is? I don't know. I just, maybe, I don't know. Physically, I have to lose 40 pounds and gain 20 of shoulder muscles or, or what is it? I, I don't know. I, I look at chiclets and I'm just like, it's ridiculous. I just can't, I just can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. We, that's what everybody says when they look at chiclets, you know? They, Absolutely. You know. We're still all, all mesmerized. I don't know. Someday he'll take the bodysuit off and reveal his true, <laughs> true yep. physique. Uh, what about, um, you know, just advice for other site cues or, or maybe new guys coming into F3? Anything just over the years that you would say, hey, you got to gotta make sure you do this or, or things that we should be aware of as packs? So listening to other episodes, I thought about this one a little bit and the, the word just kept popping up to me. Uh, and I think it's probably because it's maybe just a lot of my journey and it's just persevere, mm. which, you know, 
you might get might get a little bit intimidated by the workout. You might get a little intimidated by the second F or the third F. But persevere. Nothing happens overnight. Hmm. Everything everything takes a little bit of time, and you've got to have at least enough mental fortitude to say, "I'm not giving up today." Yeah, that's really good. I love that, and that applies to, like you said, all three Fs. I think that's really good. And for F and Gs or or guys that are you know into their. Yep first few weeks or even several years just persevere I one of the things I'm noticing too is guys have been in for you know a year or two years three years four years you got to persevere through that too right because there's this temptation to look for something new or different or but it's persevering being consistent and um yeah I, I love that advice what about for you any anything that you're um needing encouragement for or prayers for that guys could be uh, asking about or checking in with you on when they see out there? That one is a tough one. I I never never have much to add to that uh, in, in the matter of I always my mind always goes blank. Uh, but prayers are for family. You know, we uh, what's happening this week is we we homeschool our girls, and so they're starting. They started school yesterday. Mm. Uh, they have about they had about a month, month and a half off. You know, we do kind of year round school so that they can participate in their sports in the fall and winter with a little bit less school requirement at the time. Uh, so they spread it out. Uh, so that's that's a big stressor on my wife, and my oldest is starting high school so that increases the workload uh, you know the other one is this morning my daughter my my middle daughter has a uh, syndrome called turner syndrome uh, and what that manifests itself as is she has a bicuspid aortic valve and so this morning she had a ct scan and um, at some point she's going to have to have heart surgery so that would be something I could use prayer over. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I uh, I know a couple other guys. It's um, is that I feel like that's something that you're they're born with, right? Um, it's like a, yeah. So Turner syndrome is defined as she part of her body only has one X. So when it comes to chromosomes, boys are XY chromosome and girls are XX chromosome. And so someone with Turner syndrome, uh, part of their body only has one X on the chromosome. So I don't know. Hers is a is really a fairly mild case. Um, she's shorter than average, shorter than than normal height mm -hmm. uh, is one of the key indicators. Um, bicuspid aortic valve is a common occurrence as well. So we, we knew about their heart uh, the day she was born, like they could hear a click, uh, mm -hmm. but we didn't find out about the Turner syndrome until she was, I think, just turned 10. Okay. And so since her, so her whole life, she gets, she's had her heart checked every year, uh, but then we started doing some, finding out some other information and ways to treat. No, you don't treat it. It's a syndrome. You're born with it. Uh, you kind of deal with it, and then you learn 
uh, how best to manage. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely be praying for you guys on that. I know that's, um, you know, I, I think we've, I, I know samples always has his list of answered prayers. Uh, so we'll, yeah. be, we'll be praying before and then we'll add uh, the successful surgery to our, our list of answered prayers eventually here. So that's, yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, excellent. Biff, I uh, I want to give you space. Anything else that maybe we didn't cover, or anything uh, that you would want to share uh, just about your story, or you know, um, to encourage the guys as we're wrapping up here? You know, we touched on them all. I do like to share about losing weight. Um, and no, a number of folks have dealt with it. Uh, Beta and I have talked at length because uh, he's he's had a similar uh, similar struggle you know I was I was the fat kid growing up uh, at least in my mind uh, you look back at photos you're like oh I wasn't that big then I did get later uh, so all that to say no matter what your change is or what you need to change you can do it it just it's not easy <laughs> I mean if you're gonna lose if you're gonna lose weight you're gonna keep it off then you're going to have to make changes. Wow. No. no, I'm talking to you and you've shared your story many times, Plague. You had to make changes yep. to, in your life to improve the areas that needed change. I mean, there's, it, it sounds simple, but in reality, it's, it's very difficult. And it's a life, it's a lifelong struggle. Like I, I struggle with my weight still. Uh, eating eating food that i i know i like but i have to eat it in moderation or else i gain weight yeah. and then you have to start the cycle again so the, the pogo 40 is still a struggle uh, trying to trying to break it down to maybe only be pogo 15 yeah so pogo 20 yeah but uh, that'd probably be the last thing is you you can do it um feel free to talk to me about how i what what my journey looked like and when you when you see me around and i'll i'll tell you about it absolutely i love that well that's a that's perfect way to uh, kind of close out i think um you know you've shared a lot of really great stuff and i know we have a lot of guys that identify with with your story but um man i you know i'm just i'm glad we've got the chance to cross paths and and spend time getting to know each other so this this was great and hopefully guys do reach out hopefully they feel you know the courage to reach out and, and say hey i've had the same issue uh tell me tell me how to work through this you know so we've got that structure within the group which i just love uh, well, let's we'll do Namorama and let's do maybe do the long eye version. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll start us off. Brandon Fleharty, thirty six. The plague. I don't. It doesn't work. The plague. Uh, Sean Howell, forty four. Biff. Uh, yes, I love it. There it is. Awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate your time. This.